0: Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two cousins who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Monica. And as you can see from my uh, luxurious background today, I am not at home. I am treating myself to a five-star resort
1: and um, a very expensive bottle of wine because I can. Exactly. Um, Today, I'm actually, this is the last you'll see my green hair. Um. I, it wasn't supposed to be green. It's supposed to be orange, um, but that didn't happen. So it's the last day. I'm going and getting it done literally right after this podcast we film. So um, I'm going to be doing my makeup. So any of you that are fans of Bailey Sarian or any of you that see me post makeup, you'll be able to see how the process is done today for our visual viewers. Um, this will Can be the one Bailey- time I will... Yeah. Speaking I of baby Sarian, I
0: watched probably eight hours of her videos today for no reason. And that's why my face looks this good.
1: And Kate, <laughs> you did a gorgeous job. I literally when me and her like got on the call, I just boosted her up. I said, you look fan flipping Um so for any of our visual viewers, this is probably be the only time I will implore you to not listen on Spotify <laughs> and to watch actually the or whatever podcast streaming service you're listening on and actually watch it on YouTube and it could be a time. Um, I, haven't filmed, time. I haven't filmed to make a makeup video in about a year. Um, so if any of you who have followed me on Instagram and listened to the podcast and want to enjoy some of that, here you go. Here's a little little spicy dash of of it. Um spicy dash. <laughs> listen, it we're filming earlier than normal. I my brain is not computing anything. Um But today, we are talking about one of my all-time favorite movies that I will watch year-round. I don't care if it's just a horror movie that's centered around the best holiday to ever exist. It is an all-year movie for me. Um, For those of you who know me, I am into quite a lot of spooky things. And I finally got Mary-Kate to agree to this, and I'm so happy Um, also, I hope everyone's Halloween was great and fun and,
0: Yeah, I hope you had a great night last night. I know a lot of places cancel trick-or-treating and, like, parties aren't really a thing, but, like, I hope you did something.
1: Yeah, um, we're also filming a week ahead of time, so it's, we haven't experienced Halloween yet, so, um, this year I am dressing up as Sam from Trick-or-Treat because I am having a few friends over, but we're gonna be social distancing, we're gonna be outside, we're gonna be safe, we're taking all the precautions, um, I uh, have a fun time and have a fire, so I will not be doing anything for Halloween because
0: well, no, because uh it's Thailand, and if you follow international news, you will know what that means um and I cannot say more for literally legal reasons um,
1: so I won't be doing anything but I am, I'm excited. My boyfriend's dressing up as none other than Michael Myers, oh, which cute. is pretty cool. So, um, we're That's just... A really easy Halloween costume. It is. I, well, he didn't know what to be, and he was gonna be Freddy Krueger, and then I was gonna be Sam. I was like, well, cause were gonna, we weren't dating at the time, and we were looking at costumes, so I didn't want to do a couple costume right out the bat. So I was like, well, let's just <laughs> do like, some horror creeper people. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So... This is, also, I'm literally sitting right behind my costume. For any of you who have seen Trick or Treat, which I hope you have, it's one of the best, another amazing horror Halloween movie. Sam is one of my favorite little demon people. Um, He normally wears a pajama suit, like a pajama onesie. And this is my costume. It comes with his little hood. And I'm going to do some pumpkin makeup to go underneath it. I am excited. I will be freezing my ass off in this, so I'm going to be buying some leggings (laughs) to put on under this. Um, or I will be extremely cold, <laughs> but you gotta snowed there it, it snowed in the southern tier, not here. Oh, it uh, okay, know. it's supposed to be 75 degrees today.
0: Oh, it's um, it's 89 degrees, and the sun's already down. So, like,
1: <laughs> that's oh, so much fun! Wouldn't want to be you.
0: Well, no, that's this is the warmest day in like the last two weeks, it's been so cold. And by cold, I mean, like, 79 degrees instead of 99 degrees. But, like, we're also used to it being 100 degrees that it was freezing.
1: Yeah. And, see, I – this is, like I said, this is my time. This is my time of year, and I'm so sad. It slipped through my fingers so fast. October went by so fast, and the rest of the year seemed like it was taking 2,000 years to finish. Really? And it makes me sad that – yeah. I, I, feel I feel like, like – two, I feel like
0: this year has gone by so fast, I don't even know what happened. Like, the last like, thing I know, I was laying in a beach in Bali, and then all of a sudden, it's been six months.
1: Like, it, in a sense, like, it feels long, just because I feel like the isolation made it feel, like, at least in America, that's made it true. Feel like no, That's lot, true. No, that's true. I've had a
0: very different COVID experience than anyone in America, because we didn't ever fully shut down. Mm-hmm. Like, I um I had to quarantine for two weeks, and then I had, like, three weeks where the school was closed. Yeah. But that's it. Like I had five weeks total that was shut, shut down. Whereas and most people now are like five months, six months into being yeah. shut down.
1: Yeah. Also, I'm finding my beauty blender real quick. Hold on. Um, it, got it. Um, <laughs> so, it, um, definitely, you know, uh, COVID made it feel like it was longer, but in a way, like, it, the years always do go by fast, like, I feel like, because not doing things, you're like, oh, I still have time, but then you're like, oh, crap, it's literally October, never mind. <laughs> right. So, it's, it's, um, it's slow, but also fast, if that makes any sense to no, anyone I got, else. I got you, I got you. So-, so, are you ready to talk about this shit, Em?
0: I am. I mean, okay, so for those of you who have not been listening before and just randomly picked this podcast to start on for some reason, lucky episode 15. Don't know why you would start on 15, but hey, um, we are going to be talking about John Carpenter's Halloween, Mm -hmm. which was, um, released on October 25th, 1978. And, um, was written by John Carpenter and his wife, Deborah Hill, and directed by John Carpenter, and cinematography by John Carpenter, and music by John Carpenter. And basically, John Carpenter did everything on this movie. So, like...
1: Yes, John Carpenter... Um, they, the budget for this movie was very, very small. Um, So he, he was a lot of... um. It was a lot of like unpaid. A lot of people were doing it out of the kindness of their hearts, and just to get this awesome movie out there. And I mean, John Carpenter ended up—he did it. I think because I watch a lot of documentaries about it because I'm weird. Um, John Carpenter almost just kind of did this for fun to see where it where it would go, and he got a really—he got Jamie Lee Curtis a really big name out of this movie. Yeah, like she became the scream queen. She was our original final girl. Like. She yeah. became a staple of horror with that movie, and I think that that's something incredible because she's an amazing actress I love her. and she was amazing in this movie, but even if as um, the movies grow in the series for the ones that she's in it, her acting is the only good thing about half the movies after this and I, I
0: I will say my takeaway from this movie was like. Thank God he found her. Because also, like, not just in horror, in film in general, like, Jamie Lee Curtis is a boss. Oh, and, yeah. And, like, this really was the start of her career. Like, if that wasn't for this movie, I don't know if we would have her in the place mm-hmm. in pop culture that we have her now. And, like, that would be so sad, because then there would be no Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan.
1: Duh. Exactly. And... Jamie Lee is when she finally got the horror girl, the horror final girl trope. Um, she was put in a lot of other ones. Um, Terror Train, I believe, was one, Prom Night was another one. Um, they're all basically the same kind of concept of uh Halloween in a way. Yeah, they're all like she's a victim in every this weird stalker thing.
0: Um, which also just so. We're not going to go, like, scene by scene, like, super deep plot the way we do with the TV shows, just because that would take way too long. And for the most part, most people have probably seen Halloween more than once, even though I had never seen it, because it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, So we're not going to do that. But I do have to just, like, with the whole stalker thing, I do have to say, I... I don't understand. Like, that's something... That's something that bothered me was... I'm... If you've listened to our podcast before, you know Monica and I have had conversations about like how I don't really like when I don't know why the killer is doing doing the killing. To be honest, I didn't hate the lack of understanding of Michael's why. Like, you get the scene of him being six and kind of like not being there, and then the doctor talks about how he just has no soul, and, like, fine. I will buy that there is just something missing in this kid's brain, and he's literally a psychopath. Fine. But, like, why her? Why this girl? Like, what does she have to do with anything?
1: And with that, the, um, extent of the- because a lot of people were like you when they first saw it, they wanted to know the why, Lauren. Yeah. So- he had made it um, in the second one. So if anyone has, like, ever followed the Halloween series extensively or knows a lot about it, Halloween was supposed to be an anthology series where every Halloween, John Carpenter, or not, maybe not every, but every other Halloween, he would try and, like, do a horror movie based around the holiday. So it was called Halloween. And that's why Season of the Witch, the third movie, bombed so badly because it wasn't Michael anymore and um but he didn't even want to do the second halloween the audience was like we want to know what happens next and so he picked it up there and if you watch halloween two in its entirety and the ending there is no surprise jump scare that michael comes back to life michael and loomis both end up dying in a fire at the hospital um so for it So he ended that chapter, and he's like, okay, Season of the Witch, a whole new thing. Should he have been clear on what it was? Absolutely. But he wasn't. And so you find out why it was Lori in the second one, because it was, Michael is her brother. But then, with the 20, there's like six different timelines with Halloween, With the 2018 one, they're like, nope, Lori's like, I'm not his brother. He was just crazy and saw me one night. Like, he just, they tried to read- I would buy that because they have the scene, the
0: first scene, the first time Michael sees Lori in this movie is when she's at the Myers house putting the keys under the mat. So I Mm -hmm. would buy that she's just the first girl he saw.
1: Yeah. But I buy that more than the sister thing.
0: I buy that way more than the sister thing. Mm -hmm. But it also just wasn't clear enough because. Because, well, and the thing is, so one of the things I told Monica was, Watching this movie in 2020, having never seen it before, having not really any, like I had the basic knowledge of who Michael Myers was as a pop culture phenomenon, but I, I didn't know the story, didn't know the movie, didn't really know anything, wasn't a big horror person as a kid. So for me, watching this in 2020, I see why. It was such a big impact on the horror world, why it was such a cultural phenomenon, and I see how it was successful in 1978. Mm. That being said, I have a lot of problems with the movie that I don't know that I would have if I had watched it then. Yeah. Some of them I know I would have had even if I'd watched it then. Like, some of the acting is just beyond atrocious. atrocious.
1: (laughs) It's, um... It's very stereotypical. Uh, The reason why it's so stereotypical is because we've gotten movies since then that make... Right, like, it wasn't, it wasn't, I think the thing is, it wasn't really a stereotype at the time. Right, yeah.
0: It was the foundation of the stereotype. But, like, also, I get it wasn't a big-budget movie. A lot of the people who were in the movie were just volunteering to be in the movie. Like, a lot of the non-named characters or the main Actors were not actors, so I got why some of the acting was just really, really bad. But some of the acting was really, really bad.
1: Yeah, (laughs) like Jamie Lee really, really came in and she was like, "Let me be a shining star, real quick." And I mean, he got PJ Souls to be in this, and PJ Souls was also in Carrie, and she was she played like the same. I I think I
0: think all three of the girls. I think all three of the girls were good. I didn't have a problem with. Any of them. Mm -hmm. I think the first time I realized I was not going to enjoy this movie was in the scene where Michael kills his sister in the very first scene. Because I have seen fifth graders die more convincingly. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Judith can't really die. (laughs) Yeah. Judith Judith death might have been the worst acting I have ever seen in a genuine feature film.
1: And here's the thing. When everyone went into the theater to see Halloween for the very first time, you're, mind you, the study cam shot that they used, that was the first time a shot. Oh, like no, that I,
0: thought the, I thought the filming of it was great. I was really impressed with the filming of that scene. It was the and acting of that scene I was scene. impressed with.
1: <laughs> and when everyone saw that in theaters with the study cam even going up the stairs and everything like that, and then you see, and Deborah Hell's hand is actually Michael's hand with, everything like
0: that no for me the most impressive moment in that scene just from a camera thing was so they have the steadicam going up and obviously now in 2020 i've seen a f ton of steadicam movies whatever but when he puts the clown mask on and the camera shifts to be the eyes of the clown mask i was like oh this is really cool yeah and then judith died and i was like oh oh it's it's gonna be that kind of movie cool
1: yep And here's the thing, you when this came out and you didn't know who was killing this, you don't know it's a six-year-old boy until that mask comes off when his parents are standing outside.
0: Right, so if I, I mean, obviously, like, like I said, I know the character of Michael Myers, so I knew that. But also,
1: I, I don't buy the timeline the 15, well, right, okay, fun fact, in the credits, they say Michael Myers is 23, he's actually 21 when he comes back, There's, it's been 15 years. So yeah, it's 15 out. years,
0: so he's 21, but I don't buy that that body is a 21-year-old man who's lived in a penitentiary since he was six. Like, that's not, that's not the physicality that someone like that would have.
1: No. No. And I, and they don't explain, like, granted, they, John probably was, like, not really thinking too much about that. Right, of course, I'm, I'm thinking of this in the sense of, like, psychology
0: and literature, and I've read way too many books, and this doesn't make sense. And, like, they were just, like, what's the scariest shit we can do to people?
1: Basically, um, for, for makeup-wise, there wasn't, the only scene where there's blood, and Michael literally slits someone's throat, and there's not even blood there, um, and because it looks like he chokes annie but he doesn't choke her he slits he's he is choking her but he gets to the point where he's like well this bitch die yet and he just and just slits her throat but there's no blood she just makes a funny face when she falls down the window yeah
0: also that was the only time i did not like her acting was when she her face hit the window
1: i was like Mm -hmm. i don't believe you and um but but like it's still like for the the effects, really was when they just covered Judith Meyer's body in ketchup, and then um the, the <laughs> and then the um the mask. Now, I feel like this is like common knowledge. The the mask was actually a Captain Kirk mask from like 1970s when he was on, when William Shatner was on Star Trek. And if you really look at the mask, you're like, yeah, that's William Shatner's face. Yeah, they changed like the hairline on it a little bit they like melted it a little bit so like the jowls of the face were a little bit lower they opened up the eyes wider so like they changed certain aspects of it um and the the makeup department on this i only saw one person which honestly that's all they really needed for the effects they had in it um and he has done like he's done children of the corn he's done the fog um, so he's done, like, the person who had done the um, makeup, they have some pretty good credits as well. I'm not sure if it's a woman or a man, there was no picture, so. Um, but they did a really good job um, with the mask, I think, because that mask became an icon for a year. Yeah, years. for sure. No, I think, like I said, the cultural
0: impact that this movie has made clearly it was scary in 1978 like it wouldn't have made the cultural impact it made if it wasn't scary but and I'm not saying this because I'm like like I'm not like Monica where I watch horror movies to go to bed at night so like I'm not phased by those things I'm genuinely a little bitch and I'm afraid of everything and I was not afraid at all
1: Hmm. this um especially with horror movies that have come out at uh, now uh, even like that me and you have watched you watched your next together I, oh. we, uh, yeah and no, were i, and I, were left, like, I the left
0: the room i left the room i was done you literally
1: freaked out because you thought you heard a bang outside and you told us to all go downstairs and lock the door yeah. but someone had to stay upstairs with you which yeah. was funny i'm still trying to get mary kate to watch Hereditary with me one of these days even if we don't do an episode about it i want her to watch it um, um my this is
0: my experience with this is how bad i am at horror movies I went to see Winchester in the movie theater. Now, I have listened to every True Crime podcast there is about the Winchester House. I know in detail the Winchester Mystery House. I know people who have been to the Winchester Mystery House. I knew what was going to happen. I sat on the floor of the movie theater crying, wondering why I hadn't chosen Peter Rabbit. (laughs) So, when I tell you I don't do horror, I mean, I don't do horror. Like, I love it, but also, I cry. <laughs> I cry. And this one, yeah. I just, like, laid in my bed and watched it on the TV and was like,
1: okay. Halloween definitely is... It's, I'm so... I used Now, mind you. My father... I know you're listening, David. Hi, how are you? My father... Knew I didn't like Michael Myers when I was a kid. I sat down and watched Halloween in its entirety when I was 10 years old. I think if and I'd watched it when I was 10, I might have been scared. But I wasn't scared when I actually watched it. Which is weird. So, I... Because my mom, she knew that I was terrified of Michael. Just be, I didn't like the way... I had seen how he looked when I was a kid my dad would play the theme song and for John Carpenter to make such an amazing Right, no, that's honestly one
0: of my only notes that I wrote was like props to John Carpenter because obviously the theme song is killer. But the music in general, like obviously I'm a little numb to like this song is supposed to make you scared right now because I know that's what's happening. But the the film score was
1: phenomenal. Amazing. Phenomenal. and uh John Carpenter, um, when he's he's done all this like that became like that scared me. Like just that, um Oh yeah. That that music alone, like my dad, I had to finish my reading campaign for my school one time and I just sucked at focusing on reading. I didn't want to be in my room. So David, hi, um, would play the Halloween theme to keep me in my room to read my books. And I was like, wow, bold. That's like Torture. Yeah. And especially for, like, an eight-year-old who still hasn't fully seen the movie, that's pretty scary. Yeah. And my mom, like, she helped desensitize me to it when we were watching it for the first time. She was like, see, like, they're all acting. Like, they're fun. And then, so, then she made me watch, like, the bloopers afterwards of, like, them, like, like behind-the-scenes stuff. And I was like, oh, the guy who plays Michael Myers is actually, like, really funny. So, like, yeah. that was cool. Yeah,
0: no. I think that's a healthy way to do it. But yeah, um,
1: and I think that's why I'm desensitized to horror so much. I'm just like, I know it's all fake. Only ones that get me are like based on a true story, like the strangers. That shit, Mm-mm. I don't like that. I don't like that. No, one bit. I just get really bad panic attacks.
0: Like, I don't think that there, this stuff is really gonna happen to me. I don't think that I'm gonna die. I just don't like when my heart rate gets so high I can't breathe. And when there's a lot of jump scares,
1: that happens. True. And they didn't, jump scares weren't a thing in the 70s when this came out, so, like, jump scares weren't a concern. At least that was, I mean, but this did have, like, what would be considered probably jump scares
0: in the sense that, like, when Lori looks out her bedroom window and Michael is standing in in the laundry line, like, when he just suddenly pops up at school, like, There, I I could see how that would be, like, the precursor to jump scares. Mm. Now, um, my one big, big, big plot problem, my mm. only one really big plot problem, is that Dr. Loomis might be the dumbest, dumbest psychiatrist (laughs) ever.
1: Uh, He was oblivious. Yep. Literally, when you find out that the car has been parked outside of the Myers house, like, literally, like, if he lo- slightly looked to the left, that's where the car was well, parked. He
0: did not, he found the, he found Michael's clothes with the, in the truck where he stole the garage uniform, didn't find the dead body, So literally was talking to the sheriff and Michael's driving directly behind him and he turns around and doesn't see the car. Like, I just was like, You have got to be the most inept person. It's your car! Yeah.
1: Yeah. Loomis really did not pay much attention to Michael. I will say that. I just... Uh, It was was really
0: frustrating. And I got that, like... But also, like, Michael is not portrayed as smart. No. Michael is portrayed like he doesn't speak he grunts he seems to just be brutal brute angry like he is not portrayed as intelligent
1: no so how is he outsmarting his own psychiatrist exactly and that is a very fair statement to make i I will not argue that for the
0: most part like even things that i had issues with like the like the jew of death scene that i was just like this is so crap acting i at Mm -hmm. least didn't find a plot hole in it but like if I can find a way that the story could have ended an hour early five times and it's all because one character is too stupid Yep. when they're not supposed to be stupid oh exactly that mm-hmm. is just a, that is just a killer for
1: me yeah and I will say um now for me I have we're going to talk about this Right now. Because I want to. Because I want to talk about my favorite scene. So, we're going to talk about our favorite death scene in this movie. And I feel like there's... All, my favorite death scene is, goes into another death scene. But is it... I will say this right now. Physically, it's not going to happen. But they made it look cool, so I'm going to be okay with it. When our lovely Bob, after Bob and Linda, get freaky deaky dutch in the parents' bed. Um, That was a really small bed. Really small. And he was also humping her leg. There was no way there was sex going on. No coitus was happening in that bed. He was just humping her leg. Um, (laughs) It's the truth. It's the truth. Um, And Mm -hmm. she's like, get me a bee. So he does. Like the caring boyfriend he is. Bob goes and gets his lovely girlfriend Linda a beer. Well, too bad he hears breathing, and doors creaking, and he's like, "Oh, Linda, you asshole!" So his guard's down. He thinks it's Linda, and then he thinks, it's "Oh, Annie. I thought he thought it was Annie." He thought it was Annie first, and then it, he's like, "Okay, Linda, you asshole," because um, Annie yeah, yeah. wasn't answering. Um. So and then he opens up the door to, I believe uh some room in the house. It's right across from the pantry. And our good old boy Michael is out here fucking sorry to all of our young viewers, but he fucking grabs him by the neck, pushes him up against the pantry door, lifts his ass up. You see his feet wiggling at the bottom, like they show it with the camera screen. Like his feet are wiggling, dangling. And then Michael takes his knife like like this and just goes whack. And you just hear him stab Bob and then you then he like let's go of his neck well at first he's holding his neck and you start to see Bob die then let's go of his neck let's go of the knife and you just see him dangling there on and the knife on the knife which once again I said it's physically not possible there's no way a body could go a knife could go through a body and a pantry door to hold you up there without your body going split no way right. that would happened. but it's still cool because so Michaels cool michael stands there and does this and i feel like he's contemplating a new life journey for him he's like i could do art like this art this is how i express myself dr loomis just let me express myself i just feel like whereas i thought why are we still looking at this i was like he's (laughs) just in there he's admiring his masterful art piece i just
0: i just i really wanted to like the movie because it's your favorite movie Mm-hmm. but I just have so many problems with it. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, this mf'er steals his sister's gravestone. Yeah. Great. Fine. Whatever. Then, later, the gravestone is in the Wallace's house, but, like, how? Where did he have it? Was he just like carrying he he didn't have it in his hand any of the millions of times we
1: saw him walking around the house where was it see here's the thing that with with michael that i've given things a pass on um i think his character is um definitely something that is um i was gonna say like his character doesn't make a lot of sense in the way that things get put together. He has He's very into theatrics, obviously, as the, the, the final girl showdown starts to begin. Like, we're off to the races where Lori's signing all the bodies. He's very into theatrics. He moved all the bodies into special places. Like, he knew... But, but that doesn't successful. seem like his character either. And it doesn't. I think, visually, it's fun. And also, oh, but my,
0: no! No, visually it worked and the Jamie Lee Curtis's acting in that scene was amazing. It just was my I figured it out. My issue with Michael Myers is not his lack of motivation, it's the inconsistency in his motivation.
1: Uh, yes. Um and even and like the part from one of my like my favorite death scene, it goes into Linda's scene where Michael puts on a sheet in Bob's glasses and stands there with a pack of beer and just stares at her. I find that shit fantastic.
0: Oh, I thought the scene was hysterical. But
1: also, I was like, wait, what? Because it shows that, trying- because here's the thing. He can't be a completely unempathetic person if he knows, or a completely soulless person, because he knows humor. He's like, this is funny. He's like, this shit? I'm gonna get you, bitch. This is funny. Ha ha. but but like since when like you know what
0: i mean it's it's not i don't have a problem if he was a funny killer that would not be an issue it's just that they're like he's dead behind the eyes he's soulless he's a monster let's call it an it and not even a he and then he's like i'm gonna make a (laughs) ghost
1: he he said he's like sitting in the kitchen Bob's, like, lifeless body just still chilling on the pantry cutting holes in a sheet. (laughs) That that image makes me laugh. Ew, why does my skin look like this? Ooh.
0: Now, Uh, another thing that I have already previously told Monica but I'm going to share with you, our listeners, that makes this movie frustrating to me is not anything that has to do with the movie, to be completely honest. It's just that I don't know if y'all know this but the 70s were a wild time man wild like if a grown ass man in a mask walked up to an elementary school in broad daylight and started shaking a kid he would not be able to drive away no like what not a single person in the house in the entire sh- movie locks a door until the one scene when lori decides to be responsible and lock the door because the kids are asleep alone in the house and then gets screwed by locking the door because now she's locked out of the house yep people i just i don't yep, know yep, yep, yep. Like no wonder people who were kids in the eighties are so messed up. Like yeah,
1: um, the the stuff I mean, that the I, 70s, been... sorry. The I 70s mean that would be our
0: our parents. Our our parents were children in the seventies, and yeah. I feel like that explains a lot. Oh, it definitely
1: does. That definitely does. Um, first of all, the fashion, the fashion. I love. See, I love the fashion.
0: I hate seventies fashion. I find it to be some of like I like bell-bottom jeans. Mm -hmm. That's as far as I'm going to go. I literally, so I like to watch binge watch a lot of really old TV shows, like a lot of shows from the 60s and 70s I've watched all of. And I one of my favorite shows is Columbo, which is a detective show from the 70s. And I remember whenever I like start to binge watch a new show, I like tweet my initial thoughts on everything so that I have them saved. And I remember when I first started watching Columbo, my very first tweet was, I think I'm going to really like this show
1: if I ever get over the fashion. It is so bad. And for me, I am such a sucker for 70s fashion. Like, like late 60s, early 70s, especially like hippie fashion. Oh, like disco tech fashion, like the makeup, the everything's shiny. So you shine under the disco lights. Oh, I love it. I just... They, the most ugly combination of colors. The that, colors?
0: Yes. Okay, like, that brown and, like, goldenrod yellow that is, like, the staple of the 70s has got to be some of the ugliest stuff
1: I've ever seen. Um, nope, that's the 70s for you, man. It, it is. Um,
0: is. I'm just mostly just... mad that, like, they just, like... school stuff and part of it's because i'm a teacher but like having a creepy man walk up to a bunch of kids on the playground and nobody cares and then all the kids just walk home and there's not a single parent or teacher present at all was like
1: also the fact that tommy doyle the, the the boy in this movie he's following tommy in the car afterwards and tommy is not noticing anything like there's there's but like also What, you can't, a kid can't walk,
0: like, what? There's, he just walks home from school, in elementary school, with no
1: parents? What? Like I said, 70s were a weird time. Like, the, the term serial, like, I feel like this is where, like, dangers for, like, your children really started to, like, get emphasized. Well, I mean,
0: I mean, and if you, if you look at the, the, insurgence of serial killers like because obviously like I do a lot of read and read and watch a lot of true crime stuff like serial mm-hmm. killers and that whole movement like set the seventies was when people really started noticing kids going missing. I won't say like serial killers started in the 70s but like no serial killers like started being noticed and held accountable in the 70s. Like the Atlanta monster that was the 70s like
1: like th- there were so many Things like the Manson family cases. All for all of our true crime listeners out there, which I would hope that you'd listen to true crime if you're watching this stuff. Sure. Um but it, it's very um like I don't know if anyone's ever watched Mindhunter. In the 70s, there was one ca- I can't remember what case it was. There was a certain and it's based off true things. And well, how the, they the guy, the, the guy that the show's
0: based on, he's a real person. i and I haven't yeah. seen Mindhunter, but I've listened to interviews with him, the real the real yeah. FBI
1: guy. He has, he was the person that coined the term serial killer. And I believe it was either in the very late 60s to early 70s that this happened. Yeah. So, like, people are just starting to, like, acknowledge the fact that serial killers are a thing. Like, they're calling them serial killers. It's not just a one-person killing thing anymore. I had a realization about myself as a person Mm -hmm.
0: recently. We love when that happens. Yeah. um, I had the realization recently that, I would like to believe that I'm better than this, but if I had been the right age at the right time, I probably would have joined the family. Yeah. um... Like I just, something about Charlie Manson, like now I'm like, that's fucked up. But like, if he caught me at the right moment, I would have been the next squeaky froms, man. Like I would have done anything for him. I hate it here <laughs> oh Jesus um, like I, I intellectually know that that is wrong and that I, I'm not that person but if I had been 17 the year he was recruiting 17 year old girls there's a very high likelihood I would have run away and joined him based on who I was when I was 17
1: oh, yeah fair that's also right. very fair.
0: Yeah, like now at 28, no, I'm not going to join a cult. If I had the right cult
1: hit me at 17, I might not be here today. Exactly. You might be in jail with Charles Manson. He's dead now. Is he? I thought he was still alive. He died in jail. Ah. Uh, wasn't that tragic?
0: I just still haven't seen the movie where Matt Smith plays him. And I mostly I haven't seen it because I think that it would make me feel things, things. for him that I shouldn't feel because it's Charlie Manson.
1: That's like when they had Ross Lynch play, uh, um, play uh, Jeffrey Dahmer and had Zach Efron play you, Ted Bundy. You should have
0: seen me watching the Ted Bundy movie with Renee.
1: Also, can I just say for everyone who thought that it was a bad idea to cast... Ed uh, on that um, to cast um, Zach Efron as Ted Bundy because he's too attractive and like girls swoon over it. Have you seen Ted Bundy? Ted Bundy's whole shtick was picking up girls because he was hot. Like you can't like you can't discredit what that Right, person like you can't was. you can't say oh Zach Efron's playing him too
0: charismatically. Like, did you did you see Ted Bundy? Mm-hmm. Like, did you ever read anything about Ted but Bundy? But also like, this is who I am as a person. So la- last year, I was with Miss Reen, Renee, and we were watching, we watched the Ted Bunny movie or the Ted Bundy movie with Zach Efron, and then we started watching you. Oh, yeah. And I was very intoxicated. And we watched two episodes, and I paused it, and I go, I have a problem. And she said, what's your problem? And then she said, never mind, don't tell me, I already know what it is. I said, <laughs> I know we're supposed to, like, find him creepy, but I
1: I don't. Like, the things he did were fucked, <laughs> but, like, they they casted, they picked out a good thing to do to cast yes. him the way that they did.
0: But then I also was reading interviews with Penn Bagley where he was, like, girls who, like, like Joe, like that's not okay, you're not okay, and I was like, No, sir, I am not. I am not. I, okay. Yeah, I know
1: I need therapy, don't give me another reason to go. <laughs> I know I'm not okay, thank you. Um, but also, my makeup's looking real whack. Um, no, it fine. Like, Ashton Irwin came out with an album for those of you who know me, I love Five Seconds of Summer. Ashton, Irwin came out with the solo album Solo Bloom, and this is this is an honor of that. So that's why. So like, you know, just, just put, put faith in me. I know what I'm, I, I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I like to think I do. Now, other things that I, other things that
0: I had an issue with in Halloween. Basically, this is just going to be me listing all of my issues with the movie. Um, Lori is a little bit dumb. Yeah. For one reason, and one reason in particular. Like, like she does the right thing. She, like, takes care of the kids before she takes care of herself. She, like, tries to fight back. She survives. Like, uh, she, I, like, good for her. Except, every time she thinks she has killed this man.
1: She drops the knife.
0: She drops like the it. knife and walks away from it. Yep. Like, that knife would not leave my hand until the police were there and that body was in a
1: body bag and not in my house anymore. Exactly. That is a dumb move on Lori. Every time I watch it, I'm like, girl, it would cut... Literally, it... Although, it like, prop props to her for stabbing it. him
0: in the neck with a, with a knitting hanger? needle. Like, No, with or a knitting needle. needle. Yeah. I was like...
1: And then he, then she stabs him in the eye with a with a coat hanger hanger. and then he she gets him to drop the knife and then she stabs him in the stomach and this and then the thing is crazy because michael still has swinging power to come through and then he gets shot six times and falls out of second story window and is still not dead yep he gets up and walks away like it was like nothing it was nothing he didn't just get his shit rocked he walks away like it was nothing And I mean, granted, I loved the ending. I loved
0: that his body wasn't there anymore and that they just ended it like that and they didn't try to wrap it up. I loved that. That is my favorite. Like, so as cheesy as it is, one of my favorite horror movies is The Woman in Black. And not, not not because it's a great movie, but like I just have memories with it. And also like The Woman in Black, the movie is based off of a stage play from London. Um, And I saw the stage play in London and I was in the front row and like, Mm -hmm. it was amazing. And the, like the woman like walks through the house in the auditorium in the play and she like stopped and stood right next to me for like a long time. And it freaked me the actual F out. But, but in both the play and the movie, you, the like the movie's coming to, it's coming to an end. Everything is wrapped up. She's gotten what she wants. So she's going to disappear. And then in the very last second, just kidding she's still there it's not over,
1: and yeah, like that's I,
0: why that's why I like it so much, and so I loved that that was the ending
1: mm-hmm. the so the ending um I, I think the way that they ended it was uh, absolutely amazing um in in a sense that knowing that this was going to be an anthology series, I could understand seeing this in theater you're wanting answers you want to know and i uh, but I think knowing that at least in the second one that comes out. Um, the fact that they don't, the second one that comes out, they're like, yeah, everything that happened between the very first Halloween and this Halloween, yeah, never happened. Um, and they did a good job at cleaning up, I would say, a very big mess that, uh, Mustafa Akkad's production, like, that his company has done. Um, I think they did a very good job cleaning it up and, like, writing some wrongs, especially don't even get me started on The Curse of Michael Myers, or Resurrection, where Buster Rhyme says, trick-or-treat, motherfucker, and then kills Michael Myers, like, iconic cultural reset. I was gonna but, say, I'm sorry, uh, that sounds like
0: a better scene than the whole movie I just watched. Listen, it's a great <laughs> cultural
1: reset, not something I want to see in a horror movie when I'm supposed to be getting scared. Like, I, I would have much rather having a uh, battle scene, uh, a fi- literally the final scene where he's supposedly supposed to die forever in this scene. Um, not end with trick-or-treat, motherfucker, and then throwing him in a, uh, an electrical wire on him. like. See, uh, that, but that's a whole other mess. I feel like you don't watch enough Law & Order SVU. Oh, I no, I definitely... Bold of you to assume that, because I well, do. <laughs> no, but, like, if you don't like...
0: Random lines in the middle of really intense moments. Clearly, you're not a fan of
1: Ice Cube. In oh, no, I don't know. I love <laughs> Ice Cube. I see, because here's the thing. <laughs> I'm looking at I'm like, like SV. <laughs> looking at SV, but like, here's the thing. When Resurrection came out, it was supposed to be the end, the final thing. No more of this bullcrap. And then they ended, they had like that last moment where buster rhymes is saying that it was funny i'm never gonna discredit that it was a funny moment i just wish that that moment would have been more of a important moment for the whole series as a whole because supposedly where michael's dies for the last time um we all know he doesn't that's a joke um but because resurrection did so bad they're like yeah this is a joke we're not doing another one and i mean um, if they wanted it to be serious they probably shouldn't have
0: Had that scene exactly i mean i'm all about that scene but also my intentions would not be as a serious piece of film
1: yeah and um tara banks was also in it as well and And,
0: uh, i'm sorry if you are watching this show and you
1: are a fan of Dancing with the
0: Stars, please comment below or send me a message and tell me that I'm not the only one that is so sick of Tyra Banks hosting this show. I cannot do it. Anymore. I don't want it anymore. I um, can't do it. It's just, she's just, it's just it's so, so bad. So bad.
1: Um, what was she I going to say?
0: And part of it, I kind of feel a little bit bad because, like, in the past there were two hosts so they could, like, banter off of each other and now she's the only host. And also, like, there's weird, like, COVID things and they can't, like, be near each other and everything so it's, like, awkward. But also, like, she just talks about herself all the time. And, like, Tyra, no offense, but we're not watching it because you're on it.
1: Fair. So. But... With, with Halloween, I, um, you know, it's a classic. Is it the scariest movie? No. Is it the most perfect movie in every single way? No. But it is one of those movies where you're just like, I want to just put something on to get me into the spooky mood. This is that movie. It, it, this movie has meant a lot to me. Um, and I even met, I didn't meet the guy who played The Shape, because The Shape and Michael Myers were two different people in the movie. So Michael Moran, Moran, um, I met him. He played unmasked Michael Myers. I met him um, three years ago. Three years ago. And the lo- loveliest man, he's shorter than I am. Um, the sweetest little man I've ever met. He's also obviously a, much older now. Um, yes. But he's the sweetest guy. Super nice. I have his autograph. I love that I have his autograph. I need to meet Nick Castle. Um, I really want to meet Nick Castle. I would love to just say, you scared the absolute living shit out of me as a kid. Props to you, buddy. Thanks for doing that. And, Except for uh,
0: sometimes you do meet the person who scared the absolute shit out of you as a kid and you don't tell them. Like when I met uh, Tim Curry, I know, you've got to meet Tim Curry, you asshole! Well, I didn't really meet him, per se. I was at a Comic-Con, and I went to a panel with him. I didn't have... Because his health is so bad, he didn't have a lot of hours at his table. So I didn't, like... Get a picture or an autograph. But, like, I went to the panel, and I, like... Said hello to him in the hallway.
1: That's still something.
0: Right. But also... The problem is I really wanted to tell him that Pennywise is the biggest reason for most of the anxiety I have in my entire life. But I also Nigel Thornberry and Clue, like, so like I can't really be mad.
1: Yeah. Like <laughs> also Dr. Frankenfurter.
0: Well, yes, Dr. Frankenfurter. But like for sure, for sure. But like Dr. Frankenfurter didn't have the effect of unscaring me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Whereas Nigel Thornberry did. Although, that's scary in a different way.
1: Yeah, that's just scary in, like, an unsettling, creepy, like, hey, I'm just gonna be weird way. Not in a killer clown, ripping off little boy's arms. I still blame your brother for that. Oh, it didn't help a DJ with, like, clowns, so let me scare... recently no, he, he made me watch It. He made you watch It? Yeah. That makes sense. He made me watch It. Wait, which one, DJ or Tyler? DJ. Oh, yeah, that does make sense. We
0: were way too young to be watching it. Way oh, too for young.
1: Sure. For sure. Dude, like, I, um, I need a makeup wipe. Here it is. Um, so, with, uh, with Halloween, I, you keep diverging off. I know. Halloween is like their horror stuff. Um, with Halloween, I mean, it, it's something that has always meant, a lot to me. Um, something that I, I carry a lot of weight with. Um, I, I want to have my kids watch it and then make fun of me for going, mom, you were scared of this. Cause like, I will not have kids so I'm like in my later twenties, early thirties, and they'll be born in a world that I can't even predict what the hell is going to happen in. Right. So it's just something that's like, I, I want to be able to share with my kids and have that the same thing I got from my parents when they showed it to me. I'm just, obviously, I feel like you guys have know me well enough now to know that spooky things are a uh, big proponent of who I am as a person. Uh, if you know me in real life, like Mary-Kate does, or you've seen stuff from me on, on- online, or if you ever do meet me, I guarantee you the conversation will sway to something about horror. It's just what happens. That's <laughs> true. And... I um.
0: I have to say, as much as I did not really like the movie, I'm not, like, any worse off for watching it.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: at least now I kind of know more what people are talking about when they talk about horror stuff.
1: Yeah. But... There is also... There's one movie Mary-Kate said that she will never watch and it upsets me. I Mind you, I didn't watch it until I was 15 for the first time and I did that freaked me out when I watched it and it's A Nightmare on Elm Street. That still holds its weight. In yeah.
0: Horror. I just don't really, I don't really like Blood.
1: Oh, you one like that.
0: Yeah, I don't really like Blood. So, like, Nightmare on Elm Street and Saw are, like, two movies that I just genuinely have no interest in watching. Not because I don't think that they're good movies, but because the the shock value versus the storytelling, I don't know if it would be worth
1: it for me. See, in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, yes.
0: No, and I and I get it, but I also, like okay, Freddy Krueger comes to people in their dreams and kills them. Like, okay, I know the story. What but, else like, do I need to more, watch?
1: There's more to it. Like, they're, like, he supposedly, like, molested these kids, and that's why he comes back, because the parents are the reason why he's dead, and they burned him in a warehouse. That's why he's all melted. Like, there are things that unveil, and the way that he tore like, there are points where you don't know if the, some of the characters are dreaming or not, and then you find out that they were, and then you're like, oh, shit, like, because they're not sleeping at all. And right. that's, he's, like, one of those He's one of the villains that like you can't escape from, like you can't get rid of him. You have to sleep, you have to sleep unless you take dream suppressants, which in the eighties weren't a thing. Yeah, I don't sleep, so I'd be cool. I don't sleep, so I'd be good. But and that but Saw I understand Saw is senseless gore. Yeah, their story, but not enough. But also like sometimes
0: sometimes gore just totally ruins movies for me if it's used inappropriately. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you ever watched the movie Horns. Yes, I did. With Daniel Radcliffe. I, yeah. So, I'm watching that movie. I'm actually really enjoying it. And then it gets to that last big, like, scene with the mm-hmm. stick and stuff. And it was just so inappropriately bloody in a movie that wasn't gory beforehand that it just ruined the entire movie for me. That's and- that makes sense. And so, like, sometimes I'm just like, even if I think like I would casually be interested in the story, if it's just not done correctly, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like that's why, I, like, and when you like listen to us talk about how much grow, for the most part, I'm like really squeamish about a lot of stuff. But it's and- because, it's because like. Like I like medical dramas. I'm not I'm not crazy against blood. I just don't like when it's used in lieu of storytelling. Like I don't like when people I don't like horror movies that are like like Saw where it's excessively bloody in lieu of a good plot. Like Yeah. Like and like,
1: like Cabin in the Woods, the blood in Cabin of the Woods does not bother me because I get it. Yes. And Cabin in the Woods was probably one of the most amazing horror movies to come out that was um, that was a newer horror movie because it it's supposed to be a B campy horror movie because they're making fun of all the tropes of no, B campy horror. Yeah, movies. But it's it's also it's that's
0: the thing is it's a horror movie but also it's a commentary on horror movies and I really <laughs> yes. really liked it for that point. It was yes. so well written. So it well really,
1: and they the cast they got for it played each, you know, role perfectly and then at the end like, there were, so I, I highly suggest, if you guys are watching this, I highly suggest or hope that you already would be watch um, watch Dead Meat's YouTube channel, like, for our listeners. Yeah. Um, Dead Meat, he does a whole, if you want to hear something about Cabin in the Woods, go watch it. He talks so in depth about, like, the practical effects that happen that? In, the, um, in the movie, and it's great. Now, since it's Halloween hollow weekend,
0: if you, and we're trying to extend spooky season, because that's who we are. If you had to recommend three horror movies that everyone should watch,
1: what would you just say? I would say, um, I think trick or treat more for the effect of it being a, like, uh, it talks about the rules of Halloween and then there's the little killer boy. And there's like four different stories that all combine into one at the end. It's a really, really good movie. It's campy, but I still like it. Um, I would, if you want to get genuinely scared, I would recommend watching Hereditary. Um, and then also, this, isn't, this is a Netflix one. It made me squeamish when it came out. I think it was like in 2013 or 2014. And um, it's called Would You Rather. The ending is absolutely fucked. And I get so pissed watching it, but it's genuinely horrifying. Like real life horror. Or And then bonus one is watching The Strangers also, if you like real life horror
0: see mine are so intellectual (laughs) (laughs) like my top three horror movies would be cabin in the woods Mm -hmm. get out
1: get out is also really good
0: and probably i'm trying to think like what else have i watched more than one time not like I know the movie that scared me the most in my life, but it's because I watched it when I was way too young.
1: Yeah, but still, if it's it, it it's always a good one. No, no, it. not that one.
0: Um, The Ring. The Ring is the movie that like was the most scary thing I've ever watched. Um. Trying to think what is another one that I would recommend for like my top three.
1: As you can see. (laughs) Mary case over here thinking. Long and hard. I can keep going. You can watch it. Oh (laughs) no, I know the other
0: one. The other one for me. And it's not really a horror movie per se, but um from Hal. From hell, yeah. But
1: Johnny so that's one. The Johnny, Johnny Depp Dapp one
0: where he's the detective looking for Jack the Ripper.
1: Oh yeah, that is a really good one.
0: But um, like, but like those three are so intellectual. Like they're so not like jumpy scary movies. They're like, wait, what?
1: Yeah, like see the ones. Hereditary I think is probably the most complex one. A lot of people either like Hereditary more or Midsummer more. I like Midsummer. I thought it was good. Um, I just like the. I like what Hereditary was about more than Midsummer. Granted, I think the cult stuff is cool. Like, they both had to do with cults. But the way that they executed this cult in Hereditary, I think is awesome. Um, should, even though, granted, Midsummer, creepy as shit. Do not get me wrong. Dani is an amazing woman um, in that movie. But I. Um, but, like, definitely The Strangers is more of a – it's one – there's, like, creepy jump scares, but, like, the reasoning behind, like, the motive of the killers in that one is something that scared me as a kid. Um, Just because you were simply home, and they're like, yeah, let, let me just cut your shutter yeah. up.
0: See, I also really like Shutter Island. That's also really good. But, like, again – it's not scary in you know, a Halloween haunted house horror monster what? scary. It's in scary and, like this is what the human like brain logical. can do. Like Yeah. And also oh. all the movies all the movies that I really like are like, "Oh wow, our brains are real messed up."
1: Yeah. And also another one that's I that's a Johnny Depp one, but it's also about, from a Stephen King book or a short story. Oh, Secret, Secret Window. Window. Secret Window's really good. I used to watch it as a kid my mom all the also- time. I'm, like
0: I said, not a big horror person. I don't remember. It was one of... So our grandma loves Stephen King books. Like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine her watching a scary movie. Not, like, really, really watching a scary movie. But I swear the woman owns every Stephen King
1: every book. Stephen King book,
0: yeah. And so one time I was staying with her and I was, like, the books that I had brought with me were all finished. So I was, like, okay, well, I'll read something on her bookshelf, which...
1: So I regret that later.
0: I picked up one of the short story books because I figured if it was short stories, I could, I I could handle it a little bit more because I could like finish a story and be done and digest it rather than being like deep in a novel. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And now I don't remember which one it is, but it's the one where the cover is a like dining room table, like glasses and plates. I don't know. I'd have to ask my mom. She probably okay. would. But I only read three of the short stories mm-hmm. because in the third one, there was this guy whose eyes turned bright orange and a fish came backwards up out of his mouth. And like there was obviously more to it, but th- that yeah. image... It was so vividly written that I couldn't sleep for like three weeks because I just kept seeing this guy with his orange eyes. And I was like, mm, nope, this is not for me. Yeah.
1: Because and that's
0: a the thing. combination of Stephen King's amazing writing and my effed up imagination was not, they were not working well together. It was not a thing. Yeah.
1: It, you. Stephen King's writing is definitely, he, like, there were books that are like well over a thousand pages long. And it's one of those things where you have to, like, because he's so detailed in his writing, that like there are books that are like seven hundred pages to eight hundred pages long, and it'll be like uh, uh, the story will be taken over the place of just two days, like things like that. Like, do you have you have you ever seen it, the book in person? She's thick, like she's yeah. huge. Yeah, but that's also taking. That's also like really two stories. Yeah, that it, it is, but his for him to like even his short story books like the short story books
0: are are hella big
1: yeah the the amount of description he can fit into a short story to make you be like well damn. let's see i think secret window was a a short story i'm pretty sure i think so i'm looking up which book it was but I really do hope that I know we were talking about Halloween towards the beginning of this, and it's diverted into this. But I mean, for Halloween, what it is, what it it is as a as a movie, you either love it for its horror, for its ambition, for its something. There's always something I think about that movie because of what that movie stands for. That someone is always going to try and take something good away from it, and I love that. Also, I hope everyone's not disappointed. And the fact that they're coming back with another Halloween movie after they said that this last one that was supposed to come out was supposed to end everything. We know that's not true because if you literally hear that the contract that Mustafa Khan made, the shape cannot die. But he never said Michael Myers couldn't die. So unless the shape becomes someone else, because um, I don't understand how the hell Michael got out of that basement. That makes zero sense to me. But you know what? Not my movie. And they already confirmed that there's going to be two more movies coming out, which is Halloween Kills in 2021 and Halloween Ends. So for them to already release the fact that they're coming out with two movies makes me worried because I'm like, then well, what's the point of me going to see the middle one if the story's not going to be close to over with? Like what? Um, it is called
0: Everything's Eventual. That's the Stephen King book. It's 14 short stories. Um. And I believe, let me look at the list of the stories.
1: Um, What to be called like Fish Mouth or something. No.
0: It was called The Man in the Black Suit. It's one of the more famous of his short stories. Um, but, yeah, it uh, messed me up. I don't blame you.
1: Don't blame you at all. Yeah.
0: Um, but, um, yeah, sorry that if you guys were hoping that we were going to, like, really, really go in on Halloween. On Halloween. Um, It would have just – it, it would have been a really boring podcast for us to sit there and go scene by scene with that movie because it's just – long and it's it's long and because it's not like as action-packed as like today's horror movies are there's like long scenes where not a lot happens Mm -hmm. that would just not be fun to talk about
1: exactly and um but if you guys have seen halloween which i hope you have um it's it's really good obviously you know what goes on
0: if you are a babysitter Please be a Lori, not an Annie,
1: yes, do not be an Annie, be a Lori, take care of your kids don't no Paul, no singing about Paul, no singing that you forgot your keys for Paul, then come back to your car and it's magically unlocked and also like after. if you're babysitting and you spill butter on your clothes, don't get naked in the kitchen, yeah, also, if you're a serial killer, don't snap a dog's neck twice, twice. well, he ate the first one, yeah. I'm glad they didn't show us that. Yeah, I like how Loomis was like, oh, he must have gotten hungry. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Loomis. He's just out here double-munching on puppers now, like, kind of been like a squirrel or a raccoon. He's like, nah, I'm going to snap a dog's neck. Yeah. are yeah. like, Michael, that's not FDA certified. You shouldn't be eating that. I don't really think dog meat is something that... Yeah, but I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer didn't get an
0: FDA certification either.
1: Yo, my skin looks whack. God, I hate it here. Why is there, like, a little clump of powder, like, right here on my, in between my eyebrows? Can I tell you that no one can see that except you? Yeah, I know. I'm, like, making it worse, and then, because I I, I have to go, like, be very close to a a lady for, like, three hours, because she's doing my hair, and I don't want to look, like, I don't know what I'm doing
0: don't worry. You have green hair. You already look like you don't know what you're doing. That wasn't my fault. Doesn't change the fact.
1: Listen, I wanted to go have a mental breakdown professionally. I was wrong. Should have just stuck with what I knew. The mental breakdowns by yourself are sometimes better. Yeah? Yeah. 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 Well... Um,
0: On this really sad note of us, man, you guys were thinking we were going to do something really, like, balls to the wall exciting.
1: I hope not. And if we, you know, it was lackluster to you, it wasn't as fun as you were expecting. I do apologize. Um, But it's me and Mary-Kate. When do we ever have a one-track conversation? They'll always go 17 different places. Facts. Facts. Um, But, Yeah. Nonetheless, so, it was still spooky.
0: We still talked about spooky things. We did. We did. We kept a very on-brand Halloween. Yes. Um, so next week, we will be back into the lovely, lovely world of Hemlock Grove. I say that so... Sarcastically. So sarcastically. Um, <laughs> but we also may have chosen our second show... May we're not. Gonna, I'm not going to put anything in stone yet. Uh, announce mm-hmm. anything until much closer. But uh, it it'll be interesting if that's the direction we go in, because the show will sure. have both death and aliens.
1: mm are Instagram brand for us. Yeah. Um, also, I wish,
0: I wish you guys could see the view out of my uh my balcony. It's pretty pretty great right now. Uh, also oh I'm sorry, i no no, go, go go.
1: My tattoo artist has just messaged me i'm getting my I'm getting another tattoo to add to my sleeve, and i he's sending me he said he's finishing up the drawing today, so I want to share that information. I'm very excited. it's my tarot card tattoo that I've been wanting. I'm getting the moon, which for many reasons, so me. He's it to me today, I was going to so. get a
0: tattoo this month, but then I decided to stay at this hotel instead. And honestly, I'm not mad about it.
1: I wouldn't be either. But you want to know what I am mad about? Because I was debating on which tattoo to get my tarot card one or my Michael Myers one. But I wasn't, didn't know I was going to get my tattoo, be able to get my tattoo the weekend before Halloween. So I sent him my tarot card one. And I'm kind of pissed.
0: Yeah, but it's still, the tarot card one still works. Halloween's on a
1: full moon this year. True, but it, I'm putting the crescent moon on my arm.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, because it's whatever. But still, like, the moon's still important.
1: Yeah, that's one of my favorite tarot cards. I love it because it talks about your deep conscious and inner self. And plus, it also reminds me of Papa Stan. So, I got, that's my, that's a little bit of a nod to Papa. And then, uh, I don't know, Papa, that, I don't, I
0: don't know what okay. my favorite tarot card is. Probably the Empress.
1: The Empress is a really good card. Wait, you find birth- out what birth- do you know what your birth card is? No. I'm going to tell you how to do it, like, afterwards, because I have to look at... I- I'll have to find the TikTok video. Yes, I saw it on TikTok. Um, and then you'll find out what your birth tarot card is. I can't but
0: remember I mean, I mean, I'm an Aries, so the Empress is pretty on brand for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like the moon... Because I also have a Scorpio moon. Like, that's my moon sign is a Scorpio. And for... Sorry. That, doesn't that explain so much? It's, it explains why you annoy me so much. There we go. I have a Scorpio moon. So, the, like, what the moon tarot card is, I love. Because it's, like, about your inner self and your deeper conscious, like, your subconscious and, like, yeah. letting it come to the light. I love that stuff. Because yeah. having a moon, Listen. your emotions are very, um... You know what? You know what,
0: Sox man? I am an Aries. My Mars is an Aries. I should have my shit real, real aggressive, right? My moon is a Capricorn. And my Pis- Capricorn. and my Venus is a Pisces. Why I gotta be a sad bitch in love?
1: <laughs> oh what's what what am, hold on i'm pulling up co-star hi oh, you've reached the astrology point of the uh the episode welcome um you it's, all are to be honest is
0: most of my life all the time
1: true crime
0: <laughs> true crime and astrology is basically <laughs> how i would describe myself
1: um oh well <laughs> i didn't want to read that um Pressuring sex and love. Whenever do I not have that? Like, I actually have my shit together in a relationship, and it's just like, nah. It's okay. The other day, like, no, the
0: last few weeks, I haven't been checking my co-star, because it has been full-on attacking me.
1: Do you... My Venus is in Libra. Yeah. Yeah, it is. (sighs) My boyfriend's an Aquarius, though, which I honestly really like. I've only dated Virgo males. Virgo males are shit. You, are, you will never convince me otherwise. Virgo males suck ass. Suck ass. I just,
0: every guy I fall for is a Scorpio or a Sagittarius, and those are just yeah. really, really bad.
1: Yeah, because you're a with toxicity. Don't attack me. Bro, so am I. I went for someone who was born literally two days after me in the exact same location. Um, guess what? His moon is also a Scorpio. Guess what? We each wanted to wring each other's necks out because we wanted to be together, but we hated each other at the same time. Toxicity.
0: You know what else no. is horrible? My rising sign is a Virgo in my first house. So my I'm.
1: So basically,
0: a- like, I'm an uncomfortable perfectionist
1: yeah my i'm a leo ascendant in the first house and my mars is in my first house my virgo is with my sun and mercury are in the second house libra and venus are in third scorpio is my moon and it's in fourth Um,
0: okay my jupiter is is also in virgo and in my first house so basically like Having a Jupiter Virgo in your first house means that basically my entire idea of success for myself is based on like idealism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm never going to be happy.
1: And you're also an Enneagram type four. So if anyone knows how to fix me. <laughs> Listen, I, and I'm an Enneagram type two with a wing of three, so that basically just means I will love you unconditionally, forget my issues, because I don't want to deal with them right now, because I suck. I'll help you out the best I can. I'm an
0: Enneagram type four without a wing. I'm just a problem. I'm so in love with myself, I can't even figure out what the next step is. But it's because I'm better than you, and I know it. <laughs> I love the energy. I wish I had it. I don't. it's no I mean yes it's amazing but also super isolating
1: yeah I could see that the one thing that I love about being a two is that I get to have people um the only thing that sucks about being and like being there for people which I genuinely love doing the only thing that sucks about being a two is that there will be people out there that take advantage of your kindness and when it's not um part of their narrative anymore they're like I'm not gonna be there for you so I really okay
0: do you know I'm going to be alone forever? Because I'm an Enneagram type 4, my Jupiter is in Virgo in my first house and my Pisces and my Venus is in Pisces, which means I'm desperate for love, but I have such a high like self sense of ideology that I will not settle for anything. Oh, and also my sun sign's in Aries, so I'm an aggressive fuck and no one will never ever get close enough to beat my ideals. That's Tragic. Oh my god. So, in case anyone um wants me to read them, uh, between Monica and I and our joint knowledge of astrology, tarot, and enneagram signs, we can also tell you how terribly your life will suck too.
1: Yeah, it's lots of fun time. All I think is like I love deeply and passionately, but I also have trust issues. <sighs>
0: I don't... I just don't like an- anyone enough to trust them.
1: I don't blame you. Bitches ain't shit. The hoes and tricks Yeah. Boats and hoes. That's not the same song. <laughs> no, I know, but I was like... Boats and hoes. <laughs> I love Step Brothers. I think I'm gonna go watch that today. At, when I get back from my hair appointment.
0: I'm gonna go watch... Probably Grey's Anatomy again.
1: Makes sense. New with the office, though, because they're taking it off of Netflix in, in January of 2021 because Peacock wants their own streaming service called no, just, Peacock. Just buy Peacock. I don't want to. I already listen, have Disney Plus, I already have Hulu, I already have Netflix. I don't want to buy another damn streaming service. I already want to get HBO Max because Friends is on it. So, like, I hate my life.
0: Listen, in South Africa, the television companies make you buy a tv license just to have netflix because they don't want you to pay for tv unless you're paying them so just like also i'm in thailand netflix is my only option
1: that's true.
0: well so you better get all of the yeah, office that's technology. not true because that's what virtual proxy networks are for but don't worry, I use a, a legit VPN that I pay money for for business.
1: It's like watching Star Wars on Disney Plus.
0: No, really just for watching The Bachelorette. Let's be real.
1: <laughs> True. They Actually, no, get- I,
0: I bought the VPN so that I could use my phone when I went to China. But also now I use it to watch The Bachelorette.
1: Um, but you gotta watch as much of The Office as you can before it's all gone.
0: Yeah. Or just buy Peacock.
1: No.
0: I mean, it's not like you're not giving your money to the sick, soulless Hollywood elite anyway. I guess. <laughs> and on that note, we will see you guys next week. Next week. You can follow Bye. us at Death and Aliens. On Instagram and Twitter, you can follow me at mk underscore superstar
1: spelled E-M-K-A-Y. And you can follow me on Instagram at monica.lyn underscore and at Twitter at moni underscore lynn double underscore and that's spelled M-O-N-I-E. And the reason they're a double underscore is because someone stole my identity and still hasn't given it back.
0: We will see you guys next week with season two of Hemlock Girl. Bye. Hi. <laughs>